Week 49, Bhagavad Gita class, Chapter 14, The Modes of Nature, in the second part. And the first ten verses, one discussion was how the Lord places the living entities in this material energy. Because remember we talked about Chitra, Chitra, Yat, and how the spirit is separate from matter. So how does the spirit end up being um, engaged with matter? How does spirit enter the matter? And so Prabhupada was explaining how less intelligent people believe that through a combination of matter, the spirit is there, or consciousness is there. But actually, uh, matter is not the source of consciousness. Um, Actually, the source is that God, the Supreme Lord, um, places spirit within matter. Because spirit comes from the body of the Lord. Uh, So this is... What Krishna says, he says, The total material substance called Brahman is a source of birth, and it is that Brahman that I impregnate, making possible the births of all living beings, O son of Bharat. It is to be understood that all species of life, O son of Kunti, are made possible by birth in this material nature, and I am the seed-giving father. So sometimes a child... You're welcome. Sometimes a child thinks that... How did I get here? Right? How did I come? Well, it's that the mother is impregnated by the father. So this material energy is sometimes said to be Mother Mother Earth. Actually, we call it Mother Bumi, Mother Earth. And this, this Earth is impregnated by the glance of the Lord. And that's, how, that's the mechanism by which God or Vishnu places the living entities into this world, is through his, his eyes, through, through his uh, potent glance, and that's the power of God. He doesn't have to. He can make very com- complicated processes, or he can make extremely simple processes. And that is the way that he places us here, because we are all uh, dormant within the body of the Lord um, before the creation. And at the time of creation, um, he expands all the elements, all the universes emanate from the body of the Lord. Um, and it's described as broken down into 24 elements. And, and then the Lord um, places the living entity through his glance within the material energy um, to continue a cycle of, of enjoyment in this world, uh, attempting to enjoy the material energy, um, leaving off where we left off from our previous um, birth or existence in this world. And then we got into explaining a little bit about the three modes of nature, what of goodness is purer than the others, it is illuminating, and it is frees one from all sinful reaction. Those situated in the mode become conditioned by a sense of happiness and knowledge. And then the mode of passion is born of unlimited desires and longing, O son of Kunti, and because of this the embodied living entity is bound to material fruit of action. Know that the mode of darkness, born of ignorance, is the delusion of all embodied living entities. The results of this mode are madness, indolence, and sleep, which bind the conditioned soul. So generally, um, of course, Krishna was also talking about, in this particular part, how the modes are always fighting for supremacy. And so generally, these modes are acting on us um, collectively in different ways, different circumstances. But generally, um, the mode of ignorance is found in the lower um, animal and plant life. The mode of passion is generally found within human life. And the mode of goodness is generally found in the upper planetary systems. But it also varies depending on the, the time, depending on the Vedic time cycle. So Satya Yuga, even on Earth, is characterized by goodness. Um, so they're always fighting for supremacy, but depending on the time, depending on the, the type of body, um, then the modes act in that way. So then one of the questions was, how does a living entity become conditioned in a particular way? So it's described that that's based on the body because the modes of nature are um, implicit with the body. A body is um, a product of the modes of nature and it's part, part of the modes of nature. This body who, who we are not is, is a part of these three modes. So if you're born as a uh, tiger, you're going to behave like a tiger. If 
you're born like a dolphin, you're going to behave like a dolphin. If you're born like an orangutan, you're going to behave that way. But if you're born like a human being, um, again, depending on where you are, if you're born in the heavenly planets, you can wait. Say it again. What's that? <laughs> yeah. And therefore, go, go to the dolphin body, tiger body, or orangutan body. Okay, so that's a little review. And we are going to enter into the second 10 verses of chapter 14. And who would like to share first? Okay. You can always count on you. Thank you. So I picked up from um, the 16th verse. It's at the end of the purport, near the end of the purport. The present human civilization is, of course, grossly misled by the modes of passion and ignorance. It is a very dangerous age, and all nations should take care to provide the easiest process, Krishna consciousness, to save humanity from the greatest danger. So my understanding of that is uh, this present time we live in, a, in uh, we live we live in is full of distraction and temptation. People are lost in the, uh, and obsessed uh, with the pursuit of sense gratification. The best way to get out of this destructive pattern uh, of being is Krishna consciousness. So my application of that is that I must always stay vigilant of the temptations of this age and not to be misled by the modes of passion and ignorance. I am vulnerable and must therefore always seek refuge of the spiritual master and the pure devotees of the Lord. By their association, guidance, example, and following their instructions faithfully, I can be liberated from, the, from Maya consciousness and be absorbed in Krishna consciousness. So why do you want to listen to others? Why can't you just be a self-made man? <laughs> it's because I have a body. And I have these, these senses that I have to battle with. Um, it's inevitable with this body. So what I can do is turn those things into Krishna consciousness and out of Maya consciousness. Um, but the trick is oftentimes, not oftentimes, but sometimes, I, I don't succeed at that. You know, I think about things that are not within that or I do something I'm not totally absorbed always in Krishna consciousness. That's just... Just my battle, you know. So I think that that's you know, the more that you 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 follow and guide with the spiritual master, and you associate with with devotees, and you and you follow your your principles, and you you follow the instructions, then you can stick to it a little better. Uh, but it's always a challenge with that. In fact, I ran into a conversation with somebody that we talked about meditation. You know, back in the days of meditation, trying to blank out all the images that you have in your mind while you're sitting there. It's just impossible to do. You can't do it in this age. So, um, in the sense of that, that it's the same thing. It's it, to, to deny the fact that I'm vulnerable to this. It's to deny a part of, of the struggle that I'm going through. But if I can admit that, then I can move forward and do what I need to do. Thank you very much. And also, we're not self-made, right? Right. <laughs> we're made by Krishna, and um, the Vedas are said to be a, a guidebook how to operate um, in this world. So if you, if you take the instructions from the user manual from the, the, the manufacturer, then um, you'll, you'll know the ins and outs of how to, you know, how to operate this machinery of the body. And um, yeah, so this idea about you know, self-made man um, it's based on you know, Western ideas, but um, in other cultures, people have more of a community-type view on how, how things develop. And uh, it's based on, first of all, God and, and the representatives, and then the community, the assembly of people and the culture. Um, we see that because how hard Americans work you know, to be the self-made man how much struggle they go through to do every aspect of different endeavors necessary to make things work in life. So, um, and any, any intelligent, successful person follows people who, who have knowledge 
and, and guidance. So thank you so much. Okay. So I chose text number 20. It says, the embodied being is able to transcend these three modes associated with the material body. He can become free from birth, death, old age, and their diseases, and can enjoy nectar even in this life. Um, I felt this, it, it was almost like a relief, because um, we, talked, we talk a lot about all these beautiful, all these negative things about the material world, right, and how we're like, bogged down with this and this problem and that problem and all this stuff that it almost feels sometimes like okay well am i gonna have a break here at all like am i gonna keep battling and just do all this and then like feel some kind of like relief when i die it sometimes feels like that <laughs> but um it's nice that in here it says like even in this life you can enjoy nectar and then it tells you how um, it says here, although one is within this material body, by advancement in spiritual knowledge, he can be free from the influence of the mode of nature. So I feel like, yes, you, you have all this knowledge and then you put it into practice and then you start your spiritual, well, your real life. Cause I mean, you're the soul. Cause so that's like your real life. That's like your real purpose. So once you're there, then it feels great and then um and then it, it made sense to me because I've been like um like I've been putting on Facebook and things like I've been having moments that I'm just so grateful like I, I just I it, it has nothing to do with my surroundings sometimes I'm just driving sometimes and I just have these moments of like man I'm happy I, I just can't believe that I'm happy because I've, <laughs> I haven't had these moments in the past so I just have these moments like Thank you, Krishna. Like you're so kind. Like you know, I've, I'm a rascal, and here you are making me happy, anyways. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, this made total sense to me, and it really, it was almost like an embrace from Krishna, and you know, just letting, just letting me know, like this is why you're feeling happy. You know, like keep going. Like it was like encouraging, like keep going, keep growing, keep chanting, keep doing what you're doing, and yeah. Stated in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that um, the the holy name is just like the sun that rises across the horizon. And just when it when it starts peaking across the horizon, then all the fog dissipates, right? So you have that example to say if if we just get some slight taste of the holy name through the mercy of of the Guru and Lord Chaitanya, then it becomes like that. Like we actually begin to to experience this inner happiness that that does supersede our surroundings. It has nothing to do with our external environment. Another another consideration is life is hard in this world. So, but we have to fight. Papa said we have to we have to engage in austerity. He said, but do it for Krishna. So, in other words, fight the good fight. Don't fight the worthless fight. That's not going to lead to anything good. It's like, um, if you're going to struggle, don't struggle to experience more pain. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Right? So when we do have to fight, then we fight for Krishna. We struggle for Krishna. So, yeah. We pray for these blessings to experience um, the rays of the Holy Name coming across and touching our hearts. So, Okay. I would like to share that. So in uh, text number 17, from the modes of from the mode of goodness, real knowledge develops, from the mode of passion, greed develops, and from the mode of ignorance develop foolishness, madness, and illusion. So in the purport it is written in the mode of ignorance, for example, they don't see that by killing one animal they are taking the chance of being killed by the same animal in the next life. So this is very interesting actually to know that the people who are trying to eat meat and non-veg stuff, they might not be knowing this thing that 
maybe in the next life that animal can kill them so I mean, yeah that is a new revelation like kind of thing for me yeah so this is the interesting thing yeah i mean yeah so that is why i think this mode of ignorance yeah is maybe it, it will like in the other purports also it is written that if you die in the mode of ignorance maybe you will be having an animal life so yeah in my view yeah i mean we might be trying to get in the mode of passion and then slowly slowly trying to be in that mode of goodness and finally having that krishna consciousness helping to like transcend so yeah that should be the way it's like if you if you fight a fair fair battle then that means that it's a one to one right you have the same strength i have yeah right you have a sword and i have a sword but if if i have a sword and you don't have a sword and i and i kill you then that's a greater crime right so animals are extremely um vulnerable uh, they're they're completely dependent on our our mercy like we can we can easily kill capture abuse torture so that's why it's said in the shastra that not only um do we get because it's like a one for one right if i do something the law of karma it means that i get it in return but if we do something to some innocent person like that then the the, the punishment is greater actually so sometimes it's said if you if you kill a cow then you have to uh take as many births as there's hairs in the body of a cow <laughs> things like that so it, it's it's heavy it's heavy karma yeah because yeah. when we talk to people who are having a, ha- a hobby of hunting so they actually don't know that they are doing that activity in the mode of ignorance but they are probably saying that okay i hunted a deer or i mean whatever so yeah maybe they might need to be like getting aware of this fact that they are actually working in this mode of ignorance mm-hmm. i remember that was a symbol of kali yuga when kali yuga was beginning mm-hmm. is that maharaj prikshit he saw a low class person beating a cow and a bull so we can see it's just such a heinous crime to um hurt the animal but it's 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 common it's everywhere here so what how can any of us be uh, be saved um, you know we can't we can't be saved um from this huge karma except for by great mercy that's the only way because it's heavy not only heavy individual karma we've all engaged in these in that very very simple activity but collectively as a society we 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 condone this as a society our leaders condone this so extremely heavy karma so the only way to overcome this is simply by krishna's mercy like krishna says he says if you surrender to me if you serve me and i will i will deliver you yeah so i know that was a big turn, turning point for many of us in krishna consciousness I chose uh, text 19. There's a few things that jump out. It says, when one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at work than these modes of nature, and he knows that the Supreme Lord, who is transcendental to all these modes, he attains my spiritual nature. You know, I remember when I first came to Krishna consciousness, and I had so many questions coming out of Christianity, right? So my exodus from Christianity, and then I was coming into, I was coming into Krishna consciousness, and when I picked up the Bhagavad Gita, and I started reading these verses, and I started reading about the modes of material nature, it started to connect the dots that I had. I started realizing how these modes govern everything. Like we're not the doer of anything, but the modes dictate what we do, you know, and we get these particular bodies and then the modes are influencing everything that we do. And I remember thinking to myself, like, exactly, this makes so much sense. Why was this never explained to me? I was always searching for these answers. So I think that, you know, 
I'm very, very grateful for, for the Bhagavad Gita and, and, and the Vedic scriptures, particularly, um, you know, Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, because they really, they really touch on these, um, they really answer the questions that we all have, you know, as we're navigating through this material world, you know, covered by illusion. Um, so anyways, I thought that was really sweet that we can actually, we can, we can see, we can see what's happening and we can understand it. And because of that, we can understand that Krishna is beyond these modes. Like, he's not affected by these modes at all. And ultimately, our nature is Satchitananda. And we can get back to that state of Satchitananda where we're full of knowledge right now. We're covered over. So, so the knowledge that we, that we possess as the soul is, is covered over. Um, as you talked about earlier, self-made, we can't. We have imperfect senses. We're covered by the modes. There's no such thing. So we can't be self-made. Um, so all these things, and understanding that Krishna, he isn't. He's never covered, you know, by the modes, and he's completely transcendental to the modes, above and beyond the modes. Um, it says here is that we can attain, you know, we can attain his spiritual nature, which is our original nature of Satchitananda, um, and that, that's a beautiful promise. It's very uh, hopeful for, for striving devotees. And there's this particular line in the, in the purport here that says that for one who is able to see things as they are. So in other words, you have this knowledge of what's going on in this world. Like you can see exactly what's happening. It says that the influence of material nature gradually ceases. So that's beautiful. The idea that, you know, we might be entangled in Maya right now, but over time that hold that stronghold that Maya might have over our lives is going to gradually decrease and decrease and we can eventually get to the point where we're pure devotees we're back to our original nature in this life as, as you said we don't have to wait till we die we can actually be that in this particular life Prabhupada he stresses that point all throughout the Bhagavad Gita so I thought that's beautiful and one last thing that I wanted to touch on um, I think you were speaking on text 20. One thing that really stuck out to me where it says here that the sign of liberation from, uh, the sign of liberation from, mater from material entanglement. Uh, I'm sorry, where it says, uh, hold on. I can't remember where I read it, but I think it said something. It's right there, but it's like, uh, no, no, I just read it, and I thought it was beautiful. Um, anyway, if we come across it, maybe I'll, maybe I'll touch on it a little bit. Um, yeah, here it is. It says here that devotional service in Krishna consciousness is the sign of liberation from material entanglement. So going back to what we were talking about, the modes, and how we can be, how we can be controlled by the modes, how do we rise above the modes? Well, a sign of, of rising above the modes is performing devotional service. So when we're engaged in devotional service, that's how we know that we've risen above the modes. So I think that's amazing. That's a way for us to know, engage, that we're, we're doing the right thing. Yeah, some people, some people, they say, God, you can't, how can you people, especially from the West, become Krishna consciousness? I mean, the topmost, highest yoga in the universe, the highest perfection of life, how can you do it? But Krishna is all-powerful, and Krishna can give that gift as he likes. Um, like Govinda Mahaprabhu was saying, the spirit soul is completely pure. And if Krishna wants to free the soul from material entanglement, so describing the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Lord, due to his causeless mercy, although we, we don't, may not deserve it, he can free, he can liberate a whole universe. Exactly as he likes, um, and he and he does. He does do that. Um, actually, that's the Lord's main activity: is, is freeing the souls from entanglement in this world. Um, and it's explained just like a king may enter into a, enter into a prison and release all the prisoners. This is the king of the land. Just, he just gives a benediction. So yeah, Kali Yuga, we're we're, we're fallen. We we're talking about the animal slaughter. We're very fallen. The Lord is so merciful. The Lord's mercy is way more powerful than the type of sins we can commit. Um, and so 
That is the benediction of Lord Jaitanya. Anybody who doesn't believe in this benediction is an atheist, because this is the Lord's mission to, to free the souls from this world. And that's the purpose the Bhagavad Gita has spoken. That's the purpose Lord Jaitanya come. And that's the purpose of the Guru comes, the representative of the Lord comes. So free the souls from this world. And everybody can attain that because it's everybody's birthright. And it's, it will happen because if you're sincere, you take a shelter of Guru, you chant Hare Krishna, it's, it's guaranteed. The only thing we have to do is we have to stay the course and keep on chanting keep on persevering. Like, like Prabhupada was explaining, how do we get free from these modes of nature? It depends on the, our determination. How do we stay in the modes of nature? That depends on our determination. So, thank you so much. Okay. I had the same verses I mean, okay. everything you said was like, just like the same I, I, I found. So, I had the same verses Govinda. But I took from the purport, and the verse is good too. So it says, "It's just I'm just um, just going to read it again." When who one when, when one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at, at work than the modes of nature, and he knows the supreme Lord who is transcendental to all these modes, he attains my my spiritual nature. Okay, and so so. I, what I what I understood from this, it says here. It says he is helpless, being in the grip of these modes. But when he act, when he sees his real position, then he can attain the transcendental platform, having the scope for spiritual life. So I was thinking, like, what does it really mean to see? What does it really mean to see something for what it is? How can we discern from reality, absolute reality, from illusion? And so I was thinking, <clears throat> Krishna is giving us, like giving us the, he's saying the full scope, he's giving us our, the full scope of our reality and why we experience what we experience. And so this is being revealed to Arjuna by Krishna. And so I just looked up, um, I looked up the definition uh, to see, and it, and it says, to perceive with our eyes. And then a second definition, discern or deduce mentally after reflection or from information. So as we're, as we're taking in information from our environment, everything, we're processing our reality through the senses, we're taking in and we're filtering it through all the information, different things in the mind, um, and um, I kind of like all over the place. I I didn't get the chance to organize everything, but um, okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump. I just I'm a little okay. So I'm just gonna jump. Um, Krishna says throughout um, the Bhagavad Gita, like he says in. Um, the 13 chapters, and he's giving us, he's giving us um, just this, um, this knowledge to see, and, um, and he says in the 13th chapter, <clears throat> says in the 13th chapter, okay, so in the 13th chapter, he's, it's the nature of the enjoyer in consciousness, and he breaks it down in detail. And he's, and he's saying, um, he's saying, one who sees all that activities are performed by the body, which is created by material nature and sees that the self does not actually see. When a sensible man ceases to see different identities due to different material bodies, and he sees how beings are ex expanded everywhere, he attains to the Brahma conception. The, with the vision of eternity, he sees the imperishable soul and transcendental, eternal, the beyond the modes of nature, despite contact with the material. The sky do the subtle nature does not mix with anything. And so he's constantly bringing up this, like, what it means to see, to see something. And uh, I thought, um, uh, depending on 
um, just our awareness of something, um, depending on our awareness of something, is um, um, uh, it just determines how we define ourselves and um, sorry, it's all over the place. Um, yeah, and we hold on to certain ideas of ourselves, certain ideas about certain things, but um, it's all based on um, material, like we're thinking we're coming from our parents, we're thinking we're coming from body, the body, and um, so everything is because we don't know, we um, conclude that it's something else or we speculate about something and we see throughout uh, history or throughout time that it's, that's, that's what's being given to us is things that are based on speculation. Um, but Krishna's giving us uh, something that's beyond that. Uh, something that's beyond matter. He's giving us. Is uh, he's, he's giving us the knowledge to see ourselves as spirit, and um, he's doing so much. Um, and then he sends um, uh, the spiritual master. He sends his representatives. And these people, uh, they've they've seen, you know, they've they've give, been given this knowledge, so they see, they see everything as it is, and um, and then it's and it's being passed down, and it's now it's been given given to us, and um, so and it's it's been uh, passed down. Uh, really purely and from people that actually have fully realized it and um, have this relationship with Krishna and um, and so I was thinking <clears throat> I was thinking of this this analogy um, I was thinking of two analogies that uh, some devotees have shared with me one being when you're like in darkness and like say someone gives you night vision goggles you know like you can be given the night vision goggles and then you may have thought you're just in darkness and there is um, nothing else but darkness but then when you're given these night vision goggles you can see everything you can see through the darkness it illuminates your eyes in such a way where you can see um, you can see things that were unseen before without them. And um, I always think about uh, Gurudev. Just one more thing, and I I'm, I'm done. I'm, just, I'm a little nervous. One um, Gurudev always gives this analogy where you're walking through a gallery, and um, you're walking through a gallery. And there's paintings, and the artist is showcasing their pieces, and um, uh, and you may look at a piece, and and you may think it means you know through your own perception you may uh, you may think it's it they, it was made because of this this was the intention you can kind of speculate why this person created this or. And uh, you can, and the, the painter or the artist, they give you, um, they, uh, they give you, they, they allow it to be open for you to, to interpret it in your own way, but there's um, always, um, the painter knows exactly why he created that, 
and what was the intention behind everything. And so the only the painter can really tell you what it really means. And so we're given that in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna, you know, he's created all of this uh, for our own desire. And he's created this and everything is, is expanding from him. So when we go to him, it's, it's bona fide and it's pure because he's the only one that can really show us and really tell us what it really means. And so I always think of this and, um, and this is, you know, this is being said in the, all throughout the Bhagavad Gita. And because Arjuna is Krishna's friend, he's, you know, he's, he's telling him, you know, because it's through that relationship, you know, and it's to, to the degree that we really want to know, we have to have a desire to want to know. And in some, in some way we have to feel like we have to have faith that there's something beyond. And then we have to, and then gradually he'll bring to a place where it will be uncovered for you. And um, yeah, I I had much more, but I just kind of, um, I just get a little nervous. And I just, I, I have so much in my head. I just not organized right now, so. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, I just, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's what Krishna says. He says that to see the truth, you have to approach those who have seen the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, what you're talking about is the most important aspect of, of Krishna consciousness. Because, um, Krishna says, it says, Jama karma chame divyam evam yoveti tattvata tattva deham punar jama naitimam arjuna sorjuna. It says that one who understands the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities, one who, who, who can see this, you're talking about seeing, one who understands this never takes birth again in this material world. So this, this conversation about seeing, what you're describing, is so extremely important. It's the most significant thing. That's why Krishna is saying this chapter is so important because you're able to see the difference between the material energy and the soul. You're able to see. You're able to see Krishna. See, we're seeing through our vision, but how does Krishna see? Through his eyes, right? You're talking about that song. Through his eyes. Yeah. Through his eyes. How does Krishna see his devotee? How does he see you? God, he sees you. It's wonderful. How do we see through our material vision? We see a body. You see the illusion? Krishna is known as Bhavagrahi Janardana. He's, he's extracting the essence of the heart from the devotee. That's Krishna's nature. We're, we're seeing a certain way and Krishna is seeing completely different. We're finding faults and Krishna is finding the loving nature of the soul. Do you see the difference? That is the most important essence of Bhagavad Gita, what you're describing. Is Krishna's vision of us and our vision of Krishna and the living entities. So Krishna is giving you really nice realization. Thank you so much. Okay, who else? Yeah. I, I've often tried to understand what that verse that you alluded to really means, where Krishna says, if you understand the nature of my appearance, um, how does it go exactly? I understand the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving this body take birth again in this material world. So my, my question has been, um, what does he mean by understanding it? I mean, we can, on an intellectual level, we can understand, okay, everything Krishna uh, does is according to this, you know, through the spiritual energy and everything conditioned souls do is through the material energy. Is that all he means by understanding it or is there some level of realization that he's hinting at. So the, the two verses leading up to that is, is he's stating the type of consciousness one attains at the time of death. So he said, whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, this state he'll attain without fail. And he says, yam yam smaran bhavam. So in other words, it's a development. It's, it's not like an, an instant 
like we might have different realizations of God, but our heart is still situated and absorbed in matter. So therefore, our, our bhava and our emotions at the time of death are still leaning more towards attachment to matter. So, so seeing uh, is a process of revelation. And at the time of death, if we have deeper emotions and attachments to Krishna and realization, because also remember, Krishna is the one giving us the vision. He's the one liberating us. He's the one, when we're reading Bhagavad Gita, that he's speaking to the heart and giving realization. Uh, we were talking before the class about how some people read Bhagavad Gita and all they see is words. Some people read Bhagavad Gita and Krishna is speaking to them. And so, depending on our, our sincerity of how we approach Krishna consciousness, the way, that's the way the Lord reciprocates. And, and as we develop our spiritual vision, we're able, we're, able, we're able to please the Lord more because we're more in touch with the Lord. We start, we start treating his parts and parcels better, and this pleases the Lord. You see? So it all, it all builds progressively towards Krishna revealing himself and giving us emotional love and attachment to him. So at the time of death, we can understand Krishna as he is. We can be absorbed in him. Um, and, it, and it's transcendental, so just being absorbed in his holy names means being absorbed in Krishna. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it works through that. Yeah, you kind of said it, but this just to simplify it. Uh, there's material seeing and there's spiritual seeing. You, you have to see him spiritually, not materially. Materially is still Maya. A spiritual seeing Krishna is going to be something different. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And Krishna says that my my parts and parcels. He said they're just like my own body. He's describing the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam. How, God, it's like, if my devotees are offended, it's like you've chopped off my own arm. That's how Krishna feels. That's Krishna's vision. And, and actually, that's the stage of Madhya Adhikari. That means the second level of Krishna consciousness is we start seeing the parts and parcels of Krishna as being who they are. We start seeing everybody as a soul. Um, and that's the difference between a Kanisha Adhikari, someone who's just starting, and they're seeing God, and then they're seeing bodies, right? Here's God, and then you're a body. You're just a, you're a nobody. <laughs> but that's not how Krishna is seen. Hey, Hare Krishna. Welcome. Please, make yourself comfortable in your seats. So to, to, to reach out that second level of, of pleasing Krishna, which is going to allow Krishna to... Because Krishna is giving us that vision, right? We, we can't uh, force that vision. We can't force God to reveal himself. But as Krishna is pleased with our development, through our sincerity, through our sincere endeavor, Krishna is revealing. So that's the beauty. It's not superficial, and we can't do it on our own strength. Yeah. I really like what you said about determination. And I really like a lot of the things that Chaitanya Leela said. And one particular thing that she said that I liked that I just wanted to touch on was she gave the analogy of walking through an art gallery. And like, you know, when like this idea of seeing that we're talking about, like only Krishna can give us the ability to see, right? But we have to have that determination. I think it's said that we have to be hungry for it, right? And we have to be sincere at heart. And two, we have to be humble. There has to be a certain level of humility, too. So I was thinking about that analogy that you gave, that there's people that, because we talk about sense gratification, but we, we oftentimes forget that there's also a form of subtle sense gratification, too. You know, there's, there's an intellectual sense gratification, where if there's, an, there's, there's room for interpretation, that just stimulates this this, this intellectual gratification. Whereas if, if the painter is there, you can ask the painter directly and you can know the truth. You can know exactly what the painter was feeling at the moment, but you'd rather not because you'd rather leave it for, you know, open to interpretation. So I was thinking about how interesting that is. There are people that walk through this door and I think that for someone to walk through, through, through this door to even come in contact with a devotee is it's pretty auspicious, you know, they must have done something to get to that point. So they've been given this opportunity, right, to make advancement, but it's not like forced on them. They still have to make that decision to, in a humble state of mind, to accept what, what's being said here. And I think through that process of humility 
and determination we can actually see but there has to be a certain level of, of like uh, we have to kind of submit somewhat right there has to be a certain level of where we submit to the troops here where we invest a little bit of faith in, in what we read if not if we're just you know out there kind of seeking this subtle sense gratification and this is giving us conclusive truths we might just wave it off and say well no that's not the case and I've seen that happen with so many people that I've preached to where I can give them, for example, we talk about the modes and how the modes are basically governing everything in this material world. We were talking about this. And that idea to some people is simply a theory. So they read on it, they're sincere, but they read it and they take it as a theory and they might throw it out. Because they have another idea that they can relate to or that's more pleasing to them. And then they might, they might ascribe to that. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's just yeah. kind of jumbled up. But yeah. I was thinking about that analogy where if the painter, if the actual painter is there and you can inquire from the painter, you might not because you yeah. just want to create this idea or this interpretation that might not be true. Yeah, and the way to access it yeah. is we need the blessings of the devotees. Yeah. That's the only way to access it. Yeah, that's it. another point. That, yeah. that sequence that you gave... Like for me, it was about like the meeting the devotees and the spiritual master and them saying like, hey, try these on, like see through these. Like that was like the sequence, like before I wasn't able to see until like in the, in the presence of guru and, and devotees, like they're like, okay, you can have spiritual vision. Now you can see, oh, oh. So it was like for me, sequentially, it was that way. It might be different with you, but that's how it was for me specifically. Like I was trying to see but I couldn't see, but that desire and that sincerity was there. And it was only when I came in contact with the pure, with the pure devotees when they were able to let me, you know, mm -hmm. that I can see, I can see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. that, that song um, calling out to, to Lord Jaitanya and his associates. And there's one particular verse that's really sweet. It says, God, I'm, I'm in so much unhappiness and misery. So please, Lord Nityananda, Please cast your auspicious glance on me, because you are immersed in spiritual bliss, spiritual ecstasy. I'm so unhappy, but if you, but if you, if you glance upon me, then I can also become happy. Hmm. Um, so that uh, Lord Lord uh, Nityananda is the, is the original spiritual master, and, and 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 all those who are in the line of Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, um, through through their love, through their devotion, um, by pleasing them. By getting their blessings, because remember, servant of the servant of Krishna. Mm -hmm. So getting their blessing, getting their, we want their uh, auspicious blessings, their glance, then we can be happy. Right. That connection with Krishna was blessings, I'm trying her best, humbly serving um, Guru Krishna, then she gives others her blessings. And like that, and that's how, that's how love of God spreads. Uh, it's the only way to attain that state of inner fulfillment that we're seeking through the blessings of the devotees. Okay, I just, I appreciate hearing that the understanding is a development because um, sometimes as I'm reading, I, you know, I get, I find I get frustrated because I, I don't understand and, and then I'll reread and I still don't understand and I think uh, I'll want to say to myself, oh, I just don't have the, propensity to understand this, or I, I'm too in the material world, or I'm, I'm not smart enough. So knowing that it is a development is, is very encouraging to hear. Yeah. Thank you. And it's, it's a, a simplicity, too, to Krishna consciousness. Because in the material world, you got to be, sometimes you got to be really complicated, right? you got to learn the whole ins and outs of the, of the stock market so you can make the right investments and, and ultimately make money, right? So, so complicated. Um, so we're talking about seeing how Krishna is seen. So remember the Brahmana, we like to talk this story about the Brahmana, uh, Lord Jaitanya. He was being made fun of by everybody. You're not reading, you don't even know how to read. He's trying to read the Bhagavad Gita, but he's not pronouncing the words properly. So it, he's, a, he's a laughing stock for people. They, they like to you know, joke about him. But Lord Jaitanya comes, he sees something differently. He said, he, he said cause because the Brahmana was crying, he said, why are you crying? He said, you know, I can't understand Bhagavad Gita, but my guru, he instructed me to read this Bhagavad Gita. So every day I try to read Bhagavad Gita. And I said, but what are you thinking about? Why are you crying? He says, well, I think about Krishna serving his devotee Arjuna as being his chariot driver. And that way, uh, I just I become emotional. 
So he says, oh, you, you are the real person who understands Bhagavad Gita. So he embraces him. And that person not only achieved pure love of God, but he, he had many different pastimes with the Lord. He got to travel with the Lord. Um, so the realization doesn't necessarily mean something extremely intellectual. It, it more, in, in, the intellect can be in the service of the Lord, and, and, and it help, is helpful to strengthen our, our, our faith and knowledge, and we're advised to read, and to, to while we're practicing devotional service, understand. But the realizations, ultimately, the, the real seeing and knowing, is, is something beyond an intellectual thing. It's something that's simple. It's a connection. It's a spiritual connection. Thank you. Like, the simple fact that you keep coming, you're such a special soul. Like, you keep coming and you keep, like, you actually encourage me because I see you, like, you, you come and you're so interested in knowing, like, oh, what are the deities? Like, oh, they're so beautiful. And you, you just look at them with these, like, eyes of love. Like, that's, like, so much more beyond that what you can understand intellectually, but you have it in your heart. So I, I see it. <laughs> and it's encouraging to me. I was going to say something, but I forgot. <laughs> Does anybody else have something to share? What about you, Kelsey? What do you think? I am very happy to be here. Uh, thinking a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you going to be with us before you? Um, a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah, okay. couple weeks so. And then when do you come back? I don't know. Okay. No. So, good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you all have a meeting last night? Did you all get together last night? No? Oh, no, next week. How are you doing next yeah. week? Oh. So your realization who? Yeah. My realization? Yeah. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, first I have to read Mari Mohini Mataji. Let's see. Just pull it up. So, Mari Mohini Mataji. She said, Dear Atul, here's the homework for this week. I was heartened to hear that one can enjoy the happiness of spiritual life even while in the body. I hope, I so hope this can happen to me and you as well and to everyone. Take care. Discovery. This is from chapter 14, text number 19. By the instruction of a bona fide spiritual master, a living entity can know of his spiritual position, his material body, his senses, how he is entrapped, and how he is under the spell of the material modes of nature. Understanding. A living entity can know that he is a spirit soul, that he is not the body, that his senses are trying to control him by constantly trying to be gratified, that he is caught in maya or illusion, and how he is caught in either the mode of goodness, passion, or ignorance, and how to transcend these modes and become free to enjoy spiritual life. Jai. Application. With the association of a bona fide spiritual master, I will be able to see my real position and, by such an understanding, become fixed in Krishna consciousness. A man in Krishna consciousness is not controlled by the spell of the material modes of nature. Jai. Um, I remember what I wanted to say. Prabhupada, he said, don't be surprised who comes, be surprised. don't be surprised who leaves, be surprised who stays. And that, and that mirrors what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. He says, out of thousands of people, one may be interested in um, becoming perfect. And of those who have become perfect, hardly one knows me in truth. So we, we go through all this endeavor to attract one sincere soul. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakuri says, one soul becomes a pure devotee, and my whole mission is to success. And you also said it's greater than building like thousands of hospitals to, to make one pure yeah. devotee. It's the greatest welfare work. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mari Mohini. It's very nice. Okay, so this is my discovery from chapter 14, text 17, purport. 
Because people have no education and actual knowledge, they become irresponsible. To stop this irresponsibility, education for developing the mode of goodness of people in general must be there. While they are actually educated in the mode of goodness, they will become sober in full knowledge of things as they are. Then people will be happy and prosperous. Even if the majority of the people aren't happy and prosperous, if a certain percentage of the population develops Krishna consciousness and becomes situated in the mode of goodness, then there is a possibility for peace and prosperity all over the world. Otherwise, if the world is de- devoted to the modes of passion and ignorance, there can be no peace or prosperity. In the mode of passion, people become greedy and their hankering for sense enjoyment has no limit. One can see that even if one has enough money and adequate arrangements for sense gratification, there is neither happiness nor peace of mind. That is not possible, because one is situated in the mode of passion. If one wants happiness at all, his money will not help him. He has to elevate himself to the mode of goodness by practicing Krishna consciousness. So the mode of passion is described like nectar that turns into poison. At first it seems really great, and then it becomes painful. And also, it works the other way too, like chanting the holy name at first seems bitter, but then eventually it seems sweet. (laughs) Exactly. And Prabhupada gave the the example of jaundice, not being able to taste sugar. If you continue, you become cured, then you can taste the sugar. Okay, so understanding. Krishna consciousness as presented and taught to us by Sri the Prabhupada is that educational model to show the world how to rise above passion and ignorance. Due to Srila Prabhupada's compassion, the whole world now has a chance to benefit from Krishna's enlightened teachings to Arjuna. With irresponsible behavior comes the inauspicious fruits of such endeavor. The whole world is caught up in the net of these lower modes, creating chaos within and without. Greed, lust, envy, anger, despair, madness, and hopelessness are the symptoms of a world devoid of transcendental knowledge. Srila Prabhupada makes the wonderful statement that even if a small fraction of people become Krishna conscious and are situated in the mode of goodness, then there is a possibility for peace and prosperity all over the world. The moon of Srila Prabhupada and his moonlike followers certainly are lighting up the night sky of Kali Yuga. Uh, application Dear Srila Prabhupada, please pull me from the depths and through your causeless mercy make me one of your moons to help cool the distress of the afflicted suffering souls of this world. Let me fully absorb your mercy so I can be in Sattva and share light and happiness with others. Through your mercy, love of God can develop in my heart, and that is my request that you bless me with love for Krishna. Right, Thank you for being here. We appreciate you too. Any realizations? My realization is that I know very little, and a tool is just growing in leaps and bounds, and he's a super strong. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one reason so, that I, I might be able to share something, and that's because when I was in Mayapur, I went to the shoe rack and I got all the dust from the feet of the plants. <laughs> oh, my only. <laughs> only possibility I can share anything. Do you have something? Okay. Prabhus, you, you want to share anything? I already did. <laughs> the people behind you. Oh, behind me. Hi, everyone. Uh, I feel very peaceful here whenever I come here. Uh, I, I, I'm coming here from last couple of weeks. So Krishna gave me the chance to come here again. So I feel very peaceful, divine, and it gives me a very positive impact when I go back to my work and do my job, Sana. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> What's your name, Guru? Snehamai. Snehamai? Chatterjee. Chatterjee. Welcome. Thank you for being here. And you came with him? Yeah. And you're all welcome to come to Harinam with us, if you like. We're going to leave around 6.30. Sit think down, We'll do a sit-down again, because it went really well last week. Yeah. Yeah. You like those, right? I like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do it until we feel like, you know, we're not getting the results. 
I mean, last week we had really good book scores because of it, yeah. and just a lot of engagement, yeah. so we figured we might as well. We got, uh, we basically, what's that corner right there? It's by the Ronstadt uh, bus station. There's a big corner we just set up right in okay. that corner. Like, we bring all the instruments up. And we just stand out there. And then there's people, you know, obviously downtown, so before they come here, so you know, people are walking. So we get, we get to uh, engage a lot of these people. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of mercy available on, on our email. So, yeah, you coming this week? Yes. All right. Are you two coming? Okay. I won't be able to tonight. Oh, no. Okay. Next week. Next week, okay. All right. Thank you all so much. Thank you. beyond intellect, right? So like how to deal with this like tension of like understanding and knowledge and like intellectualizing to a point to understand versus, you know, that surrender and that beyond the intellect. You know, that's, that's how I feel at least knowledge. Sometimes I feel like I'm so over, like so filled to the brim with like new knowledge that it's like, I can't make sense of it almost, you know, it's like,